0: You're listening to the Uncensored Direct Marketing Show. This show is designed for direct response marketers who want raw, unfiltered conversion tips and secrets to scale their offers profitably to reach their next million. I'm Maria Sparagas. I'm the founder of Direct Paynet and your host. Now let's dive in. Welcome everybody to another episode of Uncensored Direct Marketing. Today I have a super special guest, the one and only Amber Spears. I am super humbled, Amber, that you decided to come on my show and we have so many interesting things to cover and I know you have a lot of stuff to share. So for anybody who doesn't know Amber, I think they've probably been living under a rock, but Amber, um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what got you started in direct response and affiliate marketing?
1: Sure. Um, So I'm the co-founder of uh, three companies. Uh, First one is East Fifth Avenue, which is an affiliate marketing agency and training academy. So, um, you know, we were very fortunate to train and work with over 500 different companies on the education side, and um, we've helped them generate a little over 340 million. And then on the agency side, which we're just kind of bringing back this year, we took a little hiatus. Uh, We've helped companies generate a little over 80 million in the front end uh, alone. So it's been a really fun ride. I'm also the co-founder of Most Mastermind, which is a high-end event company for e-commerce and direct response uh, clients and and companies, which I love. We were just in Cabo last week and just talking about it. It was really, really fun. We had 156 people out there and it was an amazing experience, and then I'm also the co-founder of Advanced Business Growth with my business partner and mentor, Chris Guerrero. So we just started that company last year, and it's um, it's been awesome. It's essentially a company that helps you scale your business with Chris and myself, both in our kind of respective wheelhouses, and we do events as well. So it's a it's a it's a You're lot busy. of juggling a lot of plates, but all of it has to do with essentially partnership marketing and setting up good partnerships that help companies grow with, you know, rock solid agreements and, you know, sharing the same customer avatars and demographic and all that. So I got started in direct response. So incidentally through uh, Craig Valentine. I don't know if you remember. Yeah, I know Craig. Craig he's, been for, yeah, he's been around for a long time. Yeah. Business coach well, at the time he owned turbulence training. So I started my career in marketing uh, with my business partner now, Alona. I was her first employee, so I helped her start in an SEO company 14 years ago. And at the time, no one cared about search engine optimization. They were paying paying decks and yellow pages, you know, twenty five thousand, dollars hundred thousand dollars a year to be in the phone book. And so, when they see this, you know, young whippersnapper, you know, knocking on their business door, telling them the future is going to be Google, which at the time was like more of like a research based. It's what you use in college to like look for your papers and stuff, and letting them know like, hey, the future is Google Maps, and you know, pretty soon people are going to be looking, you know, veterinarian Tucson, you know, attorney Phoenix, and they're going to look for you and they're going to find you, and that's going to replace the yellow pages. And they thought I was crazy, and so we built that into a large company. I ended up leaving to learn direct response copywriting from Craig. He had just bought uh, Early to Rise from Agora the same month that I got hired, and so I learned copywriting learned direct response and also started starving because I was a junior copywriter. I had no idea, you know, I I went from making mid six figures to making 22,500 a year because I thought that I was gonna make all this money doing copyright, he would be really famous like Gary Bensavanga. And um, I was just a junior making nothing. So I eventually took over their affiliate uh, program and CPR'd it back to life and uh, did a really great job, did their first multi million dollar launch. And uh, just kind of took off from there, started working on different projects like the truth about cancer and, and other ones. And then eventually we started our own agency to, you know, really build structure around what I was doing. And, you know, we did, I think we did, you know, seven figures in eight months, which is wow. crazy as an agency. Like when you're charged, I think we were charging a thousand dollar like retainer or two thousand dollar retainer. And then the rest of it was like all commission, which is crazy to think about it now. Like, you know, I wouldn't have been able to do that without Alona. This was her third agency. And so she had all the structures, the SOPs, the understanding of, of how to do that. And I just brought in the money. And so that's kind of how we started with that. And then eventually, like we both agree, we didn't want to have a big company, a big agency. I didn't want hundreds of clients. I only wanted a few. And so we started the education training side, which is where we've trained you know over 500 different companies, including Agora, subsidiaries of Agora and ClickBank and uh, science, natural supplements and natural hardship, but you name it, we've, we've worked with their affiliate managers or their teams and, and help them improve their performance.
0: Okay. So do you, do you just kind of get a team that's already established and take them to the next level? Or can you train from like somebody like that doesn't know anything about affiliate marketing to, to be a, a good affiliate manager?
1: I love this question. Cause it's changed. My opinion on this has changed quite a bit. Um, When I first started, it was a lot of taking existing teams and, you know, uploading their performance, which is certainly what we do now. You know, we can upload them in a lot of ways. And for example, a lot of affiliate managers, they don't have good sales training. They just were good with people. So they kind of got thrown into that role, but they don't really understand quotas, KPIs. They don't really understand high-level negotiating techniques. They don't understand prospecting. Um, They don't understand a lot of that stuff. Right, and so like I can help them with that, and then we can also make introductions to them for people that can become affiliates of theirs, which will add immediate impact on their bottom line. But after doing this for so many years, um, you know, I will say this, and this is a little bit polarizing, but I think a lot of the affiliate managers that you see out there right now, and and this is the same with affiliate managers, by the way, as it is with copywriters, as it is with designers, as it is with anyone that's like a vendor or in this industry. A lot of times you see them everywhere, and it doesn't mean that they're very good at what they do. It means yeah. that they're really good at self promotion. And so, My big thing and coming in the industry is trying to elevate this and really saying like, what is an appropriate amount of money to pay somebody that's well-known, but that does not get good results? We have one of two options. Either we train this person to be better at their job or we find somebody that's more affordable that doesn't know affiliate marketing, but has good sales background and train them up. So one thing I've really been focusing on lately is going out to find people that have a good sales background or that test well. We did a hundred different Colby scores of the top performing and lowest performing affiliate managers. And we've come up with a very clear indicator of what type of person will thrive in this position. And Aww. so we'll run them through Colby scores and just say, Hey, you know, this person has a, an ideal aptitude. They're like a Christina McKay or like me or a Jane Maturano, very identical profile. And they have selling experience, maybe not in affiliate marketing, but they really understand and they're affordable. They're not going to come in at 90, 120, $150,000 they won't come in with the connections, but a lot of times the business owner themselves is who has the connections, right? So you can now have someone in-house working with our team, being well-trained with a sales background that's not going to demand such a high amount of money. And it's also not going to be poached because the other thing that I've learned is when you start sending your affiliate manager to events and they don't have an understanding, a holistic understanding of how the business works. Like for example, you might hear them be like, oh, you know, we did 5 million and all of that was from affiliates. It's like, okay, like you were not the primary driver of all that business though. Like just because you're the affiliate manager, like a lot of it had to do with the offer itself that performed really, really well. And some of the deals that you cut, like putting it into a thank you page and doing all this stuff. But then when they see that big number being thrown around, they're like, I only made 70 grand and I generated 5 million. It's like, you don't understand how the business works, right? Like, so really that's one of the biggest challenges of this industry is finding good people, getting people to actually know what they're doing And that get good results and that understand the role that they play inside the business. And a lot of times people are not getting well-trained on that. They're not getting well-trained on what's going to actually bring them more money, what's actually going to drive their commission higher. They just see these numbers and they're like, I'm not getting paid enough, so I'm going to bounce to the next place. But they're not getting good training at the places that they're at because most business owners don't have time to sit down and train these affiliate managers, right? So they're just hiring someone with a book of established business, thinking that that's going to be their savior and it's not because they didn't have good training to begin with, right? So it's like, this is a a thing that as our industry matures that we need to, to address, and that's what I started doing with East Fifth.
0: Wow, so well, I do have to tell you, I used to be an affiliate manager too a long time ago. Um, so it, it it makes a lot of sense what you just said. What happened to me is I was also just thrown into this role. It was like, here right. you can be in sales, but this was like two thousand five, right. and I was like, sales. I'm like, okay, I guess mm-hmm. I could talk to people or you know figure this out. And that's exactly what happened to me. I was thrown into this role. I didn't have any connections. I didn't know anything. This was in the adult space. And, um, I was just like, I don't even know what I'm doing here. I'm not really technical. I'm just, they, they just kind of hired me cause I knew sales. Um, and I actually ended up being the most successful one on the team just because I was able to talk to people and get deals going and they liked me and I would get their, their creatives quickly. And I would, you know, follow up on results and I would make sure their conversions were good and all that. I just kind of did the, the kind of stuff that, you know, yeah, I don't have the relationships. So let me just kind of make sure that the people that are coming to me get everything that they need. So they're able to, to promote properly. Uh, And I ended up being really, really good at it. And I was like, wow, that's like, you know, I guess versus somebody who maybe has the connections, but doesn't really get all that stuff done. So uh, I definitely agree that sometimes, you know, getting somebody, I think now with like COVID and people kind of shifting work and stuff like that, the interesting thing is getting somebody who's a super high level salesperson that has, you know, the skills and know-how of how to manage an account. And then I think the, the technical part, thankfully, there's companies like yours, like East Fifth, that can just kind of bridge the gap and, and get them trained up. So that's that's pretty cool that you guys you guys do that. I did want to mention one thing as we were talking. You didn't talk about the traffic tribe. So I wanted to talk to mm-hmm. a little bit about the tribe. Uh, I'm a proud member and I, I, you know, I love the group and I I love uh, my personal favorite, because I'm not an affiliate manager anymore, uh, but I do love all the mindset stuff that you did like last week, um, like, well, a couple of weeks ago or whatever, there's there's a lot of mindset stuff and getting people kind of out of their heads and imposter syndrome and so forth. And I just find it such a valuable group that I think it's, it's, it's worthy of a couple of minutes of discussing what the tribe is and what it offers.
1: Thank you. I, yeah, I appreciate that. I mean, so tribe came out of COVID actually, because... I remember where I was, like I was in Baltimore training my Gora, one of my Gora teams for a docu series launch that they were gearing up to do. And uh, I got a call like six in the morning from one of my uh, marketing directors over there. And he was like, Amber, Trump is going to declare a state of emergency today at like, three or four o'clock. So I think that you should get out of here before then I think you should be at the airport because I don't want you to get stuck in Baltimore. And I was like, I do love Baltimore, but I live in San Diego. So I <laughs> definitely don't want to be stuck here. Like, you know, and um, we moved a bunch of stuff around. We moved my meeting to be earlier. I, I got cut out a couple hours early. And I remember being at the Baltimore airport and looking around and it was like almost empty. And there was just screens everywhere, with Trump walking up and Like I'm at this restaurant and there's like literally me and another person in the staff and we're just like all open mouth, like watching this like happen. And I was worried they're going to cancel my flight out, you know, and um, on the flight back, I just could really feel the fear. Like I had fear. I could feel our community had fear. And in hindsight, it ended up being one of the best things ever for many of our clients, which do alternative health stuff. So like our vitamin C people blew up, our immunity people blew up, right? Like, so it ended up being really good. You saw research. So all these things it ended up being amazing at the time. We didn't know but what I didn't know was that we could count on our community to get through anything, including something like this. So I started doing free calls. We had 300 or 400 people come on the first call. And then we kept doing it every two weeks and it would just ended up being, so much work, but also so much demand. Like people wanted to see each other and set up these deals. And so that's what Tribe came out of was like a realization that we could take our high ticket stuff because we had, you know, 10 to 25,000 a month minimums to work with us, bring it down to a price that any business could really afford, right. And, and meet twice a month and really support each other and really take out a lot of the the fluff of things, which is, you know, when you're going to these events, a lot of times you're so focused on making connections and you're what you really want to do is make a deal, right? Mm -hmm. Like you want to do both. You want to have a good relationship, but you also want to get business done because at the end of the day, what an affiliate manager is responsible for is bringing home the bacon. You might have great relationships, but those relationships don't equate to money. Then in my opinion, you're not a good affiliate manager because your job is to drive the business forward. And the only way that that matters is when the cash register rings. And so I know a lot of great affiliate managers have great relationships. They can't close the door. And so I just don't think they should be in that position. I think they should be out like hunting and bringing in business to bring it to somebody who can close the business for the company or be put in a different position, maybe a, a growth management position that once the business has been closed, they're able to, to keep the relationship going and like, you know, extract more out of it. Yeah. But like that is the main thing. And so with Tribe, what we do is. We do mindset stuff because when you're a salesperson, that's the most important thing is what happens between your ears. And it's the same thing for any business owner. And I'm sure Maria, like I struggle the most and I'm just going to speak for me with my own insecurities, you know, depression, anxiety, imposter syndrome, burnout, like, and it's all here. It's because of the decisions that I've made and when the programming that I have here. And so it's the same with any affiliate manager that we work with. You can give them the best offers. You can give them the most amount of money. You can do everything. But if they're not mentally and, and emotionally and spiritually prepared to drive this business forward because it can be very lonely, it can be very taxing, they're going to fail. And so it's important to support them in all the ways. As salesperson people especially, We need to do that and then we also need to give them the ability to unashamedly ask for the business to pitch for the business to learn to get better at negotiating to learn to you know ask for traffic to learn to support on the community to support each other and to lean on the community and that's what tribe is so we meet twice a month and essentially it's for anybody that wants to do affiliate marketing or grow their business in that way whether it's a huge part of their plan to grow their business or it's a small part of it and so it's been so fun for me to have a community we have 230 active members in there and it's it's a joy mm-hmm. you know like it it not everyone shows up on every call because not everyone has to and no one and not everyone should right if you show yeah. up on one call a year and you get to access the memory directory you're gonna get a great roi if you come on every other month you're still gonna have the support of the community and it's going to continue to be important even as the world opens up because what happens a lot of times that I saw from COVID is you're sending these affiliate managers from one event to another, you're going from one event to another. And then there's no time to slow down and like pick up all the money. So you're leaving money on the table every time you go to this next event. Mm -hmm. And it's like, this is designed to help you keep all keep all the money on the table to see these people at least twice a month. So that you're like, Oh yeah, I was supposed to, I owed Maria a phone call. I'm just going to do a breakout room with her you know, during this call and, and get this stuff done and just make sure that the deals are moving forward, right? And it's it's been great. And it's the only thing I've ever seen like it.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I, I agree with what you said about not being on every call. Like I actually read, yeah. you know, what's going to happen that call. And I'm like, okay, this is applicable. Right. But Even if I miss one, they're all kind of self-contained. Like you don't need to be there the week before in order to know what's happening the week after. So it right. is, it, for me, it is very valuable. I still, um you had a call with Emily Lark, I believe her last name yeah. is. And yeah. Emily was, she was doing some some like back exercises, some certain
1: like. Oh yeah, stretches. when you go, yeah, like, yeah. But yeah. And-
0: it yeah. happened that my shoulder was killing me that week. I was like, Oh my gosh, like my shoulder's killing me. I'm like, well, let me try it. I still do that. I still go into my door me and I, I do that all the time. And I'm like, that was such a great little, you know, it, it sounds silly, but that little kind of stretch that I didn't even, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't know much about like exercising other than kind of like just trying to be healthy myself. So I didn't know how to stretch out my shoulder. And she just showed me that I was like, that is like a, priceless piece of advice that I would have never known had I not been listening to this call. So I thought that was pretty, pretty awesome. And I do think that closing the deal, um, is, is a difficult thing. And I did struggle with that myself, like as a woman entrepreneur, and especially I started, you know, a long time ago, I won't say my age, but I was, I was quite young. Uh, I did find it was intimidating. I'd meet a lot of people at these shows and talk to them. And then I'd be like, okay, they liked me. I think they want to work with me. How do I just kind of like, close that up so I can get some money and kind of get there. And I find that in sales, um, I feel like a lot of people think that like they're ripping somebody off or they're, they're taking something away from somebody in order to give it to themselves. But what I like about the tribe is that everybody's helping each other. Um, you know, there it's not because I'm making money that you're not making money. It could be a mutually uh, beneficial relationship, and you know, I think people are starting to kind of open up to that. And and groups like this obviously help. It's not we're all busy, and you know, sometimes you don't want to spend an hour talking to somebody to kind of close a deal. You know, you want it. They know they want it. Let's just kind of get things done. So that's that's hey, a, it's perfect group take for the this. Fluff out of it, yeah. Exactly.
1: Take the fluff out of it. You know, I think that that's like the main thing. Is like, you know, I I don't talk about this a lot, but I I worked for this guy um, when I was in Phoenix. Uh you can look him up. His name's Leslie Mursky. And he had been arrested a bunch of times for fraud yeah, at Bank card Empire. And it was like crazy. I didn't I was hired from him by him like when this was all under investigation. Yeah. Um, and I worked with him for a little bit just to learn from him because he was the best film for salesperson in the world, literally the best I've ever heard. Wow. I think he's in jail again now, but like whatever it doesn't matter. I learned a lot <laughs> from this guy. I learned a lot from him. And I, I knew this was going on. I just wanted to be around him. Literally, I was working for Michael and I was like, hey, I need to get better at closing deals on the phone. Can I go over there just like work with him for like a couple hours a week just kind of learn how he's running his sales floor. And like, this was critical learning for me because it was like Wolf of Wall Street meets, you know, Fallon. But like, it was so critical. This guy could tell from the pacing of someone's breath where the deal was, and like he was so aggressive, and like he'd stomp into our offices and be like, "Where's the order?" Like just like so crazy, but like we performed because we knew that at the end of the day it didn't matter. Like you, you'd be like, "What's going on with this deal?" And you are like, "Well, I called this person and they weren't in. And I talked to this person, they're not decision makers, so I'm trying to get the decision." And he had like zero patience for it. You know, it was like at the end of the day, it's like it doesn't matter. I don't care who you have to talk to or what you have to do to get the decision maker on the phone. And then once the decision maker's on the phone, you close it or you give me the phone and I'll freaking close it. And like that taught me so much about like sales. Like I do it my way. I'm very relationship based, but at the end of the day, it's like, if we spend all of our time chit chatting and just building a relationship, our relationship's not going to be as strong. And I'm going to tell you something as a woman female entrepreneur that I've picked up and being in this industry. It's very much when I first started a boys club, right and one of the reasons why it continues to be more of a boys club is because the women are not as good at making money together think about it for a moment not only do we are not only worse at asking for the business not only more shy about it but we also are not as good at sending business to other women and getting business done between the women Now the men are all hanging out together and hunting and going top golf, doing all this other stuff and they're hanging out. But they are passing business back and forth to each other a lot. And they're really good at it. And that's one of the things that keeps their relationships so strong. You know what I mean? It makes them not feel so isolated in in business. One of the reasons why they're so focused on business too, too. And so I think that we need to get better as women of asking for the business, giving business to each other, being really intentional and just saying, how good did I do this week at like building a relationship, but with this person, how good was I at bringing them business and how good were they at bringing me business and how good was I on the follow-up and didn't want to feel like I was bothering them. And you know, like all these other things, the men don't think that way. There's like, I have been around them and work with them for years. They don't sit there and ruminate and be like, am I going to bother them? Did I send them too many texts? They hadn't answered my emails. Maybe, you know what I mean? They're not doing that. They're like, you didn't answer my texts. Yeah. What's up buddy like you know don't you know what I mean it's like it's a different energy and like i think that that we're also responsible in in a way for this continuing to be a boys club now it's changing but we're also very responsible ourselves because we don't do as good of a job within the women of of generating income and we're also you know not doing as good of a job and leveraging our men you know in in the industry as well and doing more business with them i think it's a two way street
0: yeah no I definitely I, I definitely agree I, I think things are are changing I I, I am getting better yeah. I still sometimes cringe sometimes when we do consulting deals I'm not great at receivables still I'm kind of like ugh like ugh. you know I, I that's why I hired somebody to do that because I'm I'm not good at that <laughs> I'm like I don't want to ask people for money yeah. I just want them to pay me and stuff like that but it is uh you know things like the tribe and just other groups and stuff like that you know finding finding opportunities to, to help women and work with women and just kind of expose, at least you know, we kind of know as when I say we like women know how the other, we kind of understand each other a little bit more. So at least if we can kind of get through those barriers and help each other, then, you know, targeting men and working with men, it might get a little bit easier, but there is always that stigma of, you know, like why is she so aggressive? Why, you know, men, men don't have to deal with that. Like my, my husband's a business owner as well. And sometimes I'm like, Oh, I don't know how to, he's like, just ask him. And I'm like, oh yeah, I get, you know, we're too much in our head. I'm like, yeah, that's so Mm -hmm. stupid. Why am I being retarded? And, and, you know, it is, it is what it is, but um, you know, hopefully as you know, I, I, I do see a huge difference in the affiliate marketing shows and, and all the different conferences. When I started, I, I mean, my first show was probably like, 2007. Um, and there was literally like, I don't know, I can count them on like one hand, how many women were there that I can kind of see. Um, and now, I mean, we're starting to kind of balance it out and, and, and things are, you know, kind of women are getting more important roles and, and starting their own offers and stuff like that. So I love to see that. Um, and, you know, in, in this male dominated industry and just kind of talking about the, the last like 10, 15 years you've been in the space for so long. I'm just wondering, like, what have you seen as like a couple of like really big pivotal changes um, in the affiliate industry? Like what has changed that for the better, for the worse, or where do you see things going?
1: I'm very optimistic and very bullish on our um, affiliate marketing, you know, industry and direct response and e-commerce as a whole. Like, I I feel really optimistic about the direction that it's going. I think every year we get, you know, more professional. I think that we get um, more focused on relationship-based selling. I think that we get better at being more inclusive, more women, you know, more African-Americans, more, you know, more Asian, more everything, every color on the rainbow, I see them coming in. There's more LGBTQ community, you know, there, there's just, I'm just really hopeful, really bullish on on the future of it. And I also think, you know, I've been talking about this for years, but so I think it's becoming more and more relevant, which is like, you know, when I first started selling search engine optimization door to door, we realized that the algorithm was going to affect our lives. Right. Like we're going to go through Penguin, Panda, like all these updates. And then we'd be scrambling to figure out, you know, how to get our clients back up on their placements back up. It's the same thing with Facebook, YouTube, you know, native everything. They have their own algorithms and they don't care about us. You know, no matter how much money we spend, it's a drop in the bucket for them. And so while I think paid media is far more scalable. Right. And yeah. it has more reach. It's going to continue to get more and more expensive, more and more competitive, and the algorithm is going to continue to change. And so I think that people are starting to see partnership marketing slash JV marketing slash, you know, affiliate marketing, which is all the same thing. Like, I think they're starting to understand that it's a critical piece of the diversification of their traffic. Yeah. And anybody that does 100% affiliate marketing and has no other way to grow their business, I get concerned with. But somebody that does 100% paid media, I get concerned with because they can have the rug ripped out from under them and they're lucky they haven't had it yet, right? And now they're responsible for this overhead and, you know, their team and everything if that gets shut down for God knows how long, right? And so I think that we're starting to see a big shift in in this industry of growing up, even things like when you're working with influencers in the past, you know, you'd get a fitness influencer and every couple hours they had a new supplement that they're promoting, Yeah, you know, and like a new thing. And now we're starting to see like, Hey, like we need to treat these influencers and thought leaders as real partners, pay them enough money to, you know, develop really creative campaigns to do good, you know, swipe up stories to do like all these other things and to endorse my one brand for, weight loss. And I'm going to make act as a partner with them in that and make sure that they're not promoting a bunch of other supplements because that not only devalues their trust with their followers, but that hurts my brand as well to be associated with somebody like that. So it's just, we're starting to see a maturity in the industry itself. And I'm also really loving that so many companies are wanting to hire in-house affiliate managers. Like we have an agency, but we're not going to take that many clients on. And what I think people should be doing is once you hit a certain amount of revenue, like if you're over $3 million a year and you don't have an in-house affiliate manager, I think that's crazy. And like, I think that you your in-house affiliate manager could work with brokers or agencies, but like, really you need somebody when you're at that level, even when you're at like 2 million, you should really be looking at it, but having someone in-house, that's just driving your business forward for you every single day is so, so, so important. And I think that we're starting to just to see like a transition of, of, of people really growing up with each other and also, needing and recognizing that we need to invest more into our people, right? Like we need to invest more into making sure that their affiliate managers, that they have good support around them, good KPIs, good scorecards. They have a coach that they can talk to on a regular basis, that they have, you know, a place like tribe where they can go and like find new business or continue deepening their relationship with current people, like that we're investing into the right conferences for them, not just giving them a credit card and sending them out and having them, you know, get your you know, clients drunk. It's like, do that, but also come back with very clear KPIs of what your expectation was. And then we're going to decide, was this a good conference for our company monetarily or not? Because I think the days of going and buying tables and doing all that and spending money willy nilly, I think is also starting to lessen more and more, the more that we become more professional overall as an industry. And I'm I'm really excited about the direction that it's going.
0: I I agree. I mean, I've I've attended a lot of the shows, and I started noticing a lot of changes in you know the just the tables are just impossible to kind of it's so loud. You're just around there, and you're trying to do business with people, and there's like a million people. You never know who's gonna. Is this really somebody you should talk to? Is this somebody wasting your time? And you're talking for like eight or nine hours or ten hours if you have a table. Like how how realistically, how, how, how much business does that really bring you? I mean, I'm not throwing shade at the conferences. Sure. They got to do what they got to do, but I do find like, you know, being in the tribe and being in all these different groups where I'm actually meeting people that I like, um, that I want to talk to and that they know, you know, I'm not bullshit and they're not bullshit. And we're going to try to help each other out, you know, uh, versus just randomly aimlessly walking the, you know, a show floor, talking to random people that are not really paying attention to you. So, I mean, I, I get, from this you know the, the the best practices is really now we're we're kind of going into like affiliate marketing 2.0 where you know fostering relationships or actually maybe it's like going backwards right because the initially sales had to be a very personal thing and then you know I, I believe at least when i started in affiliate marketing it was just kind of like throwing some creatives banner ads and just whatever and and see what happens and now i feel like it's kind of going back to creating those personal relationships and really um having you know having people kind of talk and making deals that are mutually beneficial versus, you know, throw some spaghetti on the wall, see what happens. And we'll, we'll, we'll hope for the best. So I'm, I'm happy that, you know, I'm also happy because I'm more of a relationship person. I don't like, you know, just kind of selling for the point of selling. I want to sell to somebody who needs what I do because I know what I do is is valuable. I don't, you know, I don't, I'm not ripping anybody off if they need services and I can provide them, you know, that's, that's the best thing. So, um, you know, obviously in terms of, you know, how people affiliate market and so forth, what have you found in, um, the changes in terms of ethical uh, ethics, you know, compliance and so forth, you know, in the wild west days before 2010, where, you know, chargebacks and refunds were going rampant for, you know, the big, the big networks. How, how has that changed in the last couple of years?
1: Well, I think we're starting to see like, again, this maturity in, in the space where it's like, if you have high chargebacks, people don't want to work with you, right? It's like, it's, and, and refunds and like, it's just, we're starting to get a lot more sophisticated understanding that not all traffic is good traffic, right? Like it's Mm -hmm. just really kind of sorting that out. And, and what I tell my clients, especially companies that have had a lot of success either online or offline regardless, but are nervous about doing affiliate marketing. One of the things that I talk to them a lot about that seems to help them is like, you don't have to work with everyone, right? Like you could just pick 10 to 30 affiliate partners that could drive volume for you that have products and services that you personally endorse or recommend or have used or know will serve your customer avatar and set up, you know, really good tight deals with them where your influencer is talking to their influencer on webinars and live casts and you know you're you're doing things on a regular basis together. You map out the entire year together. So you're doing something every month, right? Maybe this month we're doing an email campaign. Maybe the next month we're doing You know, Instagram stories together, maybe the third month that we're doing, you know, joint webinars to joint master classes. And you just sit down and you map out the whole year with them. And I'm starting to see a big shift too, like in the vertical. So it's not just enough to like get an email solo. We want to make sure that we're getting our people on their podcasts, on their PSs, on their newsletters, on different types of newsletters that they offer, on banner ads on their website you know, all year round, like that we're doing all the things that we need to be doing with each individual influencer or company. Cause I think in the past it was very much like, Oh, I'll get an email drop for you. And that's enough. Like it's not, I'm starting to see this, this vertical integration is being needed. We're doing TikToks with them. We're doing, you know what I mean? It's like this whole thing to really be looking at as far as like fraud and chargebacks and all that stuff. That's, I think that's more your wheelhouse, but like (laughs) for me, blanket is just like if the chargebacks are too high, the traffic is not worth it. Yeah, period. And working with companies like ClickBank or you or different people to make sure that these things are like that the nose is being cleaned. So I can go out and find people that have good traffic and that serve the same avatar as I do, and then really looking at that at that vertical and just saying like, what can we do more of? And this is a great time, by the way. If if you're listening to it now, it's going to be right before 2022 starts, which yeah. is you should be going out. And this is what I tell all my top corporate clients, some of which listen to me and some of which don't. I tell all my corporate clients, and this is what I want my team doing as well, is go out and pull how much money you've made with each individual top partner. This is not for everyone. Top partners, in my opinion, the people are driving 90% of the business. Go out and pull how much money you've made together over the course of your relationship. Let's say it's 10 years. And then go and pull the money that you've made together in 2021 right? And go back to them and say, hey, listen, end of your review. Would love to get you on a phone call. Some of you will or will not, but here's what I'm seeing. In the last 10 years, we have made 1.7 million together. In the last 2021, we made 300,000 together. Okay. And so these are the top offers that you promoted. Thank you so much. Just want to celebrate with you for this moment. We could not do this without you. Like, so appreciate it. Now, what I'd love to know is what would it take for you to do 25% more with me in 2022? And just leave it at there. And just see what they come up with. Because the first instinct that people are going to say is more money, right? Mm-hmm. But more money should be earned because more than likely you're already giving them the top dollar you can give anyways, if they're yeah. your top affiliate partners. So really sitting down with your, with your C-suite or your owner, or if you're the owner sitting down and be like, okay, if this person did give me 25% more, how much can I give them with the ability to claw down? you know, it's not a permanent change. It's a lever that happens when there's more volume and then the ability to claw it down. And then also like, what would it take? Would it take that we get you custom assets? You know, would it take custom landing pages? Would it take like, you know, new email swipe copy that's tested? Like, what does it, what will it take? And does it take a more vertical integration of our two companies in this sense? What it, What would it take? And if you can get, 25% of your top affiliate partner to say yes I'll do more with you in 2022 and here's what I need like it's going to be a game changer for you and then also trying to figure out how you can map out the whole year I've never understood as an industry and this is one of the things that I think still needs a lot of improvement why companies work in a silo and look at their whole year and like oh I'm going to do a contest in March. I'm going to do a launch in in April. I'm going to do this, this and this. And then they go announce to all their partners the dates instead of going to all their partners and saying, hey, I'm thinking about doing a contest in February. Here are the dates I'm thinking. I'm thinking about doing a launch. Are you launching or doing anything on these dates? Because if you are, I don't want to directly compete with you. I want to collaborate with you. I want to be able to promote your offers and then I want you to be able to promote mine. So let's map out the whole year together. And I think that very few people do this. And I think that's the level of sophistication I'd like us all to be getting to, especially with our top partners, but it does take some time. It does take the ability to kind of go through data and it takes the the cojones to ask, right? And be like, let's dream together. What would it take to do 25% more? But I do think that that, for anyone listening that that takes the time to do that will make a tremendous difference in their bottom line for twenty twenty two
0: yeah and i mean that's that's a great practice like at the end of the year you're trying to kind of look what what's forward how to kick off the year well is kind of doing a review at the end of the year so you can kind of have the tools that you need to kick off uh you know kick off the year with a bang so that is that's that's a, a great practice and and giving people the real numbers is what i like about that is telling somebody you've done this much you know versus this much how can we get it up and at the end of the day if you make somebody's life easier at least in my perspective, cause I, I have limited time. I'm a mom. I have all these responsibilities. Sometimes, you know, an extra 10% money isn't what's going to make me move for something, right. but saying, you know what, that's going to take an hour away from your week. Uh, you know what? Maybe I'll do that. You know, maybe I'll, I'll choose this person cause it's less time or whatever the case is. So do you have any more, this is a golden nugget Amber. So do you have any more um, other kind of practices for end of year and kind of really getting your year uh, started well?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that if you're an affiliate manager and owner kind of running your own department, that's something that I'd be doing. Also a lot of affiliate managers and list managers that they don't like getting on the phone, neither do business owners. So my thing is still let them see you. So what I would do is, you know, Spotify and Buzzfeed and all these people have end of year. Here's all the top songs that you listen to. Right. Here, like the, the top articles of 2021. People love that. It's the greatest hits. They love learning about themselves, right? Yeah. Too. That's why it's effective. So if you can't get them on a phone call to map out 2022 together, what I would do is film something bomb bomb or screencast matic or you know, whatever worked really, really well. And I would just be like, get on. And first and foremost, thank you for being our partner here's this, this, and this, like, I know you're busy and you couldn't get on a phone, but keep it short. No more than five minutes, like no more. Cause people do not have time to do that. If you do loom even better because then they can fast forward the speed, mm-hmm. right. Which is nice for busy people, but like, let them see you, I think is a really important thing. And just let them know, like, I'd love to get on a phone call. No more than 30 minutes. If any of this sounds amazing to you, you know, let's do that. And then bullet the main points and make them interesting underneath, you know, and take the time, like, hey, minute, you know, one i I'm basically telling you how you can make, you know, 25% more with me this year. You know, a minute, you know, three, like, because I, I value your time. Here's what I talk about. I just want to fast forward to your stats. I'm going to go over them, Like that, right? So it's just like really thinking it through and taking the time to do that is going to be really, really impactful. And then again, I can't stress enough Map out as much as you can of the entire year and really push your team to say, hey, if we're launching stuff, what are the dates that we're thinking of so I don't conflict with my partners, right? And like mm-hmm. really just start setting that up. And then I would also really look at a big tip for business owners is like if your affiliate manager is not hitting numbers at end of year, I would be re- reviewing their scorecards. I'd be reviewing how much admin they're doing because they're spending 90% of their time doing admin and 10% on their phone, on the phone, they're not going to be hitting the numbers that you want. So you need to figure out, am I going to have them continue doing admin or do I need to hire someone that can take over admin so that ideally their performance will improve on the sales and just getting really clear about that, like really looking at, do we need to, to help and support these people more? Also, if they're not hitting numbers, go and look at their calendars the biggest indicator to me when people are not hitting their numbers is going and looking at their calendars and they're freaking bare. You know, if there's an affiliate manager that does not have calls scheduled, then this is an affiliate manager that is failing. Yeah. And so this is a big thing. It's like, be willing to have these tough conversations with them and just be like, hey dude, you, I looked at your calendar and you had one call in a month. And like, this is what happens with sales. As you know, filling the pipeline, right? It takes a minute to do that, right? So it's like, if I'm looking at someone's calendar, I see that it's bare, I know that the next one's gonna be bad. So like really starting to kind of look and have these conversations like, hey, your scorecards were outdated. We didn't have as much time with you. Maybe we need to enroll you in Tribe. Maybe we need to put you with Amber's program. Maybe she needs to listen to some of your calls and give you feedback. But like this is what we're seeing. Guess what? I caught that you're doing 90 percent admin work. We're going to drop this for you. Like going to 2022. Here's my new expectations. Right. Like just really doing that. And also as a business owner, one thing that I'll tell you that's going to help your affiliate manager a lot that most people are not willing to do is if your affiliate manager is struggling to get these top affiliate partners on the phone and you're friends with them, there's a lot of business owners that won't get in the middle of that. They're be like, well, what am I paying her for? Yeah. If I have to hit my friend, Bob. It's like, well, you're the one that has a relationship with Bob. So if you want traffic with Bob, be willing to step in and be like, hey, affiliate manager, I saw that you've been emailing these people. They're not answering you. They're Bob's my friend let me get in the middle of it and just say, Hey, Bob, we really want to work with you. You know, can we get something set up get them far enough so the affiliate manager can take that over and help them out a little bit because I just see so much conflict between them. I also see a ton of conflict, by the way, between the list managers and the affiliate managers, still not something I've figured out how to figure, you know, how to work through in a way that is standardized. But like, for example, if you're working with Liz Graham or Ed Scour or some of these other people, and you have an affiliate manager, The affiliate manager gets to make no decisions, gets no slots in the calendar, right? So now they're out there making deals that they don't even know are gonna actually go through because Mm -hmm. Liz and Ed and everyone else is determining what they're gonna promote based on pure numbers, not on the relationship that's being made. So another area of improvement, I think, is going to the list managers, whether it's someone external like them who are amazing at their jobs and they do such a good job or your internal list management team being like, hey, can we help the affiliate manager a little bit? five mailings per month can be reserved for her, right? To make deals, to have more leverage in her deal flow. Yeah. Right. We're like, we know five times a month, she's going to get slotted on testing new offers or getting this affiliate partner re-engaged or like whatever. And then the other 25 slots a month, you can do whatever you want with them. But giving people some power and really looking at like how things are working, because if you're an affiliate manager trying to set up deals and you never get a chance to dictate what's being promoted or what's being mailed, it's discouraging. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard to get things moving. So just kind of looking at how are your different silos of teams working? Do our SOPs need to be updated? Can we set up a whole you know years worth of campaigns, as much as possible with our top affiliate partners? Can we just get 25% more from as many of them as we can? What needs to happen to do that? What levers can we input? What can we give them more or less CPA on? Like just really looking at that whole thing, I think, is really important.
0: Wow. Amber, you just gave everybody such a good roadmap. I think, you know, everybody listening guys, you know, Amber, if, if she hasn't sold you to get your affiliate managers, uh, trained with her team, I mean, I don't know what else you you just gave everybody so much free information. I'm so thankful for that. And, you know, at the end of the day, I think we can summarize this by, you know, kind of taking the pulse of your business. Like people don't, we're just all kind of going through the motions and going through the motions. And it's like, it's a good time just in your head to be like, okay, well, December's end of year. What can I do? So Amber has given us, everybody listening, all the stuff that you need to be doing. So it's figured it out, figured out for you. You just have to do it and and kind of go through the motions. Um, And thank you so much, Amber. That was really awesome. I wanted to give you a last kind of second to let me know if you have any final thoughts or one last great tip that we can use uh, before we sign off.
1: Yeah. I mean, listen, like it, It. I'm always happy to help. Like, so I'm always available if you need it. My email is amber at dot You can put it in the show notes. Um, you're more than welcome to, we also have uh, free guides. We have know your numbers guides, which are really amazing to help your affiliate manager, learn how to calculate things quickly. Again, these affiliate managers want to do a great job for you, but a yeah. lot of them just don't have the training or the know-how, right? So they feel discouraged, just like you feel discouraged. And I really recommend, you know, putting them through a training program like ours. I don't care how experienced they are. We had someone who with 22 years of experience go through it and was like fighting every step of the way, did not want to be enrolled. It was like, I know everything. I've been around for 22 years. I don't need this. Came out of the program was like, wow, well, I learned a lot, right? So it's amazing to have that. And I would say, get them in if they want it um but there's a know your numbers guide uh, I I dropped the link in here you guys can you guys can get it and then for anybody listening if you guys want to try tribe we'll give you a 50% off code uh, for for the whole year it's awesome I'd love for you guys to be in there uh, you're you know you're giving me a platform to speak to your audience so I want to make sure to give them stuff but you know other than that like the best thing you can do is just take what I'm giving you and try it and email me and let me know how it went you know what I mean like that's where I get my my joy and. And like what drives me, juices me up every single day to get going. So if you learned something or implemented something and it worked for you, like I'd love to hear, um, you know, I'd love to hear that feedback because this is what gets me excited every day.
0: Well, that was that was even better than I thought. So we have a 50% off for you guys if you want to join the tribe. Uh Amber's given us her email address, which is, you know, I'm sure you're a very busy gal. You are a busy, I'm not sure you are a busy gal. So guys, uh, I mean, even the, the tip that i have for this and after listening to you um giving all these tips sometimes it's like it gets like really confusing and you're like oh well i have to do all these things just take one thing that amber has mentioned and implement that one thing and that will make a difference and then in 6 months you can implement something else so don't get overwhelmed uh amber has a million tips and i'm sure uh, everybody's going to download your guide because that's really really awesome uh and thank you so much amber i really appreciate your time this was super valuable um and thanks Everybody for listening and don't forget to subscribe and uh, like the show. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Hope you found today's session valuable. If you have any questions for me or just want to connect, please feel free to visit my website, com. That's dot scom I'd love to hear what you're working on, so drop me a line on any hot button issues your business is experiencing. And remember, don't worry about failure. You only have to be right once.